You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast with your host Eddie and Matt. Welcome, Matt. Well, welcome, welcome Eddie. back to the podcast. Ah, well, thank you, thank you very much. Now, this is have you ever and welcome to all of you in your history of marriage. Mm-hmm. Have you ever forgotten an important date? What me? Never. So, do you know what important date it is now? For the No Class RPG Podcast. No, I don't. It's episode 30. 30. You're pulling my leg. Or it may stay 29 again. Every other episode will just be 29. Yeah, exactly. 29 for at least about five episodes. Let's get right to everybody's favorite part. This one will be short and sweet. Short and sweet. Because it's about... The Long Con. Plug that Long Con. Yeah. You know, I... We have that same wonderful rate that we had last year. Absolutely. We don't have a link for it just yet. But if you call them, if you're a diehard and you want yeah. to call them right now and tell them you need that reservation locked in, you can do it. Yeah, we have a rate for LongCon, and they're tickled to have people coming and staying. And so just remind them that LongCon has a rate, um, which is $99? 99 ways to pay. Yeah. Yep, 99 Yeah, 99 Luff balloons. But anyway, yeah, so... Just if they try to taste them out, go, eh, that's not the right. Anyway, but we're going to try to have that. They're working on the link for us, but right now their sales department's in flux, so be patient. But we'll have that ASAP. And unless somebody shuts us down, we're going to do it. So yeah. They're excited about us doing it, and we're on the hook. So like I said, unless the, the governor says no, we're going to do it. We're going to, again, we're going to use all the safety constraints and you know, use the usual, if not even higher standards of hygiene and blah, blah, blah. We're going to keep everybody safe and have a good time at the same time. Bam. All right. Yeah. His word is law. That's right. Let's talk about our little pop culture news and so forth. You yeah. got any books? No, not this week. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Well, you know, I've been, but I've been watching a lot more TV and movies. Don't you change the subject. I'm not. Now we learned on a previous podcast that Matt worked in a game store in a previous life, Absolutely. and there was a comic book guy that referred him all this, like, you should read this, you should read that. Mm -hmm. Did you get uh, DC's Sandman referred to you? That's one of the, I don't know, like top 10, top five even. And funny you mention, because I think Sandman was hot poop around the time that yeah. I worked in the, game, in the comic store, and I'm sure Mike Champion probably mentioned it, but nah. So I read that, it. Because isn't that Neil Gaiman? And I mean, ooh, Neil Gaiman, you know. Yep. So now I, I have read the original 75-issue run since the last podcast, In Your Face with a Can of Mace. Wow. Yep. And your opinion. Tearing it up. Really, really good. It deserves all the praise that it gets. So mm -hmm. if you have put off reading The Sandman, check it out. Don't want to give you any spoilers. I will say it's not action-packed. Right. It's not one of those... It's more story-driven. It's not the Hulk throwing down, smashing the city. It's a lot more story-driven. It's a lot more intellectual. It's the thinking man's comic book. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. If you know some mythology, that'll help. You oh, might want to brush it. up on your Shakespeare, oh. read a couple of plays. There you go. Yeah. Hamnet's in it. Oh, wow. Not Hamlet, but Hamnet. Hamnet. In the story, Shakespeare ends up using his son, Hamnet, as kind of a motivator for that. Uh -huh. So there's a lot of good twists and turns in there. It's a lot of deep thinking. Definitely check it out. Mm. In the lines of all the action you can stand, mm -hmm. Immortal Hulk still going on. I think they're at issue 37 now. They've announced they're going to stop at number 50, mm. which is good and bad. You know, you don't want to linger forever, and in a way, how can you? But the Hulk has just recently blown up a city by being turned into a gamma bomb oh, by the leader. 
Remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic villain. Right, absolutely. So, Like the leader, the abomination. Yeah. Yeah, so, yep. That was the latest and greatest. That's not that much of a spoiler, so suck it up, buttercups. The Incredible She-Hulk is going to get the immortal treatment for at least a one-shot. So I'm a little interested in what they're going to do with that. Interesting. I've always been fond of the She-Hulk. I can imagine you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably it for my journey into comics. So you said something about TVs and movie. Absolutely. So since last time we convened, uh, I've watched the old seventies flash Gordon movie. Ah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was good. It wasn't just nostalgia. You know, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, Max von Sydow. I mean, what more should I, you know, he's great. You know, I heard he's merciless. Absolutely. But anyway, I enjoyed it. It was it was it was a fun little trip down memory lane, and then kind of getting in the groove for post APOC, um, and dystopian or whatever. Uh, I watched, I drug out my old Samurai Jack, and I've been watching, just devouring the seasons of Samurai Jack. Because honestly, if you want to run like a dystopian post apocalypse kind of whatever game, the dark future of Aku, bless you, is really uh, excellent. For that so anyway i really and I, I love samurai jacks good stuff i've been watching community i never really went through and watched all that i've seen episodes here and there so i'm kind of going through full series on that i'm wrapping up the good place which mm. i think i recommended that to you before but it's about the afterlife and there's another one where it's rife with spoilers so i don't want to say too much but mm-hmm. just imagine you wake up and they tell you you're in heaven and this is how it goes but i thought you said ted danson was there yeah, he is an angel. Uh, well, that's your version of heaven. That, that's my line in the sand. <laughs> You're not a dancing fan. Not really. No. It's wow. Okay. I'm picking. I could care less about Ted dancing one way or the other. No Cheers for you. Oh no, I've, I've devoured Cheers in the past. You're a riddle wrapped in a mystery. An enigma, sir. Excuse my language. All right. All right. What does that leave us with? Video games. <gasps> I know what video game you've been playing, and I won't even mention it. Oh, come on, mention it. But you got to admit, I mean, the other night, we had belly laughs. We had belly freaking laughs, man. When's the last time you had that much fun? I mean, other than, you know, with your, with your clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Well, the, the reason we were having so much, so many laughs that time is because there was a daily quest because all the MMOs and stuff like that, the online games have to keep coming back every day. Mm-hmm. So there were, one of the quests was to revive an ally five times. Mm-hmm. So to get that, I was climbing up these towers and jumping off. What a good sport. And landing at Matt's feet. Kersplat. And I'd revive him. And, and I'd run back up. So the hilarious thing is he just did this three and four or five times. I was one of our other players. He just does it. He's a lemming. He jumps off to him. I'm like, oh, God. It's like there must be something good about <laughs> there it. There must be something about that. Because this got to it five times. That was pretty hysterical. And then there was the, the people that we that were playing the same hero that we're playing. Class, yeah. So we had to class. We had to shame. The, like, we would antagonize them until they would do the same emote. The, the, like the rawr, you know. Yeah, I was playing the conqueror with Mace. Yeah. And I was trying to get a hoorah from that guy. Yes. I didn't get a harumph from that guy. This guy won't give me a harumph, you know. So I chased him around the map until finally he broke. <laughs> And did it a hundred times in a row. And so the next game, he's playing a Shigoki, which is what I play. And I'm laughing. So I went, well, I got to follow suit. So I'm doing the rah, you know. And he finally gave me a, a rah. So it's it may not funny. sound very funny, but folks, yeah. it was pretty funny. We were on the verge of tears. It was kind of hysterical. We had fun. This is something we've talked about before. The board game, This War of Mine. So I kind of went, wow, it's a downer. 
Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. It's about the war in Sarajevo. It's kind of supposed to be a bummer. It's yeah. a war game in the civilian side. Like if you had a, yeah, if you had a Call of Duty where you didn't get to play the guy with a gun, you had to play one of the guys crouching in the house yeah, wow. with no guns. I have now played this War of Mine video game, which came first, and now that has explained a lot of the board game dynamics to me. So if you want to get into the board game, I would definitely suggest checking out the video game first. Interesting. I will say from playing the board game, I had learned a lot of the dynamics going into the video game. It was kind of like, oh, okay, I know what this and that's supposed to be. Cool. And I will describe it to you because you'll get this. It's kind of like Darkest Dungeon. Uh-huh. But instead of like your paladin has too much stress and a gambling problem, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my 10-year-old daughter is starving to death and has PTSD. Oh, wow. And one wrong move can reset everything. You know, everyone dies. You lose. Wah, wah, wah. Wow. Sounds like a lot of fun. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really as dark and depressing as the board game, which it should be when you talk about the subject matter. Yeah, sure. But if I had to recommend you one or the other, I would definitely say check out the video game. Mm -hmm. It's worth a play. Uh, If you like those kind of roguelike, faster than light, I'm trying to think of some other ones, Darkest Dungeon, the ones where you have a permadeath, Mm -hmm. you might like this. But, I mean, still, it's very bleak. Mm Mm-hmm. So there is no real winning. Survival is the win. Uh-huh. There you go. Kind of like a Call of Duty or something. Hey, I didn't go mad and say or die. You know, Ooh, that's a big win, you know. Yeah. So I had one guy come in as one of the survivors. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was slowly dying. And I was like, oh, man, bummer. This guy's going to die. And that's going to be it. You know, kind of like when you go from the into the night cycle into the next day and find out. Which, again, that reminds me of your other game, the... Mordheim, mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, and then you find out what happens after the battle. You find out that they're horribly maimed. Disfigured, so like, blinded, yeah, whatever. So I was like, man, when we wake up in the morning, this guy's going to be dead. It'd be tragic. No, luckily he didn't. He was starving to death, terminally injured, completely sick. I can't remember exactly what kind of like terminal illness or something they put on him with that, where it's like he's not going to recover. Luckily, that night, he was able to gather up all the supplies in the house and take them with him when he left. What a guy. What a guy. So, what a game. So he probably died like a, you know, like a Two mile feet away. away. Yeah. But you, where you can't find your stuff. You and know, nobody like, heard this guy yeah. making any noise, even though he had guards gasping. in the house. Yeah. Man, it sounds like a really fun game. It is, yeah. and it's completely fair. Awesome. I like that. So if you've got a chance, like I've got Gamefly, mm-hmm. where you can rent it, mm-hmm. or maybe even like go to the, find it used, yeah, buy it and take it back the, the next day. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a fun game. It's an interesting experience, but it's bleak, and it's probably not one. If you're that guy that sits down with it and plays it for hours upon hours. You might need therapy afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know so I can avoid you. <laughs> All right. But it's a cool idea. Okay. Yeah. Any other pop culture stuff that you want to go into? Not that I can think of. Did you get any feedback on our last episode? Because I've got some. You got feedback. Awesome. Yeah. We always appreciate feedback. How do they give us feedback? Sometimes on Facebook mm-hmm. and posting under our postings. And they can do it via uh, SoundCloud. Or with our email. Yeah, or definitely email. I don't like you right now. Thank you. That's okay, though, because I absolutely know what our email is. Because it's probably similar to no class RPG podcast at 
gmail.com. Exactly. Something along those lines, I'm sure. And if it's not that, the other guys with a no class podcast will appreciate the feedback. Absolutely. They'll know exactly what you're talking about. Right on. The feedback that I have got, I got our friend Lou Alu. Mm-hmm. Hey, doesn't he do his own podcast? The This Old Dungeon podcast. Oh. So he said, uh, this is going back to our alignment episode. Liked your guys' latest podcast. In response to the question, I see it more as a DMing tool than anything else. I feel it's almost skippable in modern games. As usually what a player does is taken through the taken care of through the episode zero. As a side note, he definitively rejects anything other than a lawful good aligned paladin. To me, the only possibility is the lawfully evil aligned anti-paladin. All other shades should just be plain old fighters or clerics. Another one for our for the good guys. I value that opinion. He says, cheers and looking forward to the next podcast. Nice. And then we've got our all-time number one star contributor, Robert Vegeta. Exactly. Who says, alignment is a pretty decent indicator and it should definitely be fluid. I definitely don't think things should be set in stone and 100% agree with the don't prevent somebody from doing something just because of their alignment. Most times people don't know what they would be capable of doing until they're put in that situation. Right. Which, wow, that... That one really ties back into this war of mine, as I had, you know, you kind of think about your alignment. You to make some dark choices. Yeah, I had to rob a, an old couple. Mm-hmm. I had to steal food from them. Which you hate to do that, but in the moment, it's for the, like, like, the survive, your, your family to survive or theirs. In mm-hmm. the moment, it's terrible, but my family's more important to me than you are, you know. That's what we gotta, you got to make these hard choices. And, that's, and you probably feel terrible about it because you have a conscience, you're not evil. You know, chaotic evil. But yet another way to think about alignments. No, it's 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 very uh, fodder for some interesting thought. Yeah. So with that, we will bring it up a little bit this time around. We'll talk about something a little bit more cheerful. Death. Yay. Death in the role-playing game. Absolutely. Okay, we're not going to talk about, at least to start with, about other results. You don't have to kill the PCs to make your point. It's not creative if you kill the PCs. Uh, We're not talking about games with mechanics other than death or death alternatives. For example, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Mm -hmm. I don't really think they had as much of a death mechanic because I think they're more of one of those, you get knocked down, but you're going to get back up after the battle. That one's not really intended for you to die. Mm -hmm. And there are other games like that. No, there absolutely are. I I did some research. I don't want to get into bashing death right now. Sure. Like, it's not very creative. You could come up with another way to, if, if your players do something dumb and you feel like you have to punish them, don't punish them with death. Take away their war horse. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to devolve into that argument. Okay. But if you want to talk about games that don't use death, go ahead, hit it. All right. Well, what I was going to say, okay, first of all, so let's, let's see if we can agree on something. Risk is necessary. Consequences are necessary, but death for PCs. And you would say that death for PCs is, is necessary. Death for PCs is definitely necessary. Okay. Uh, I would say that there has to be some risk. So if that's where you want to, if that's where you want to segue into this, yes, mm-hmm. okay. uh, you must. To me, unless it's a game designed to not have death, like for example, Tune, mm-hmm. if you played that one back in the day. Oh yeah, but we're old schoolers, and I think that kind of to give it, you know, a. But to, I don't want to to qualify that. I don't want to devolve that into the argument of sure you shouldn't kill your players, yeah. or you should be more creative than to kill them. Yeah. But let's take that out of the equation for the moment. Okay. And say in probably a game of D and D, DCC, Pathfinder, etc., and so forth, your uh, fantasy, typical fantasy or RPGs, even si- or even science fiction, a lot of times, you know. Other than you know certain variants out there where you don't have a death, mm-hmm. then death is important in the game. 
Sure. Well, because it goes back to, like I said, the whole risk is necessary, consequences are necessary, you know. So, and death is a consequence in a lot of these games for things. So let's say archetypically the three kind of deaths for characters in a game. And what do I mean? Oh, I read that too. There you go. The dumb luck death. Okay. And those are the deaths that everyone agrees for the most part that are the result of bad luck, bad rolls, or a series of unfortunate events that really aren't any one person's fault. Most combat deaths are ostensibly fair. You know, they're these just dumb luck deaths. Death by GM Fiat, which I'd been thinking about before I even read this article. It's a death that the players blame on the GM. It includes the sort of rocks fall, everyone dies deaths that are just spiteful murders, or the death trap that kills someone instantly with only one saving throw, or worse, no saving throw, which there was a lot of old school D&D that you picked up the gym. But a class three death. Exactly. Assisted suicides. These are the deaths that the players know they brought about on themselves. The players can pinpoint the stupid decisions that made that that led directly to that death on short in short or whatever the players blame themselves or should. So the differences in these perception. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next part I won't read because that basically would go in the face of what you just said earlier, you know? So anyway, that's from the angry GM. Yeah. Just exactly. to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. And, and, and I agree with some of what he said and I don't agree with some of the other, but you know, that's, you know, on the most part, I don't agree with him I, I figured in life. Right. Yeah. That was worth reading because there's not a whole lot that's been said about it. Yeah. So it was interesting. And I won't, I mean, I cold, you know, notes for your benefit from the internet. And I modify or expound upon or whatever we do. But, um, but yeah. So, um, I, I guess just I, I can't help myself. Like, I think his point at the end of that was, but ultimately you're the GM. You hold the whole world in your hand, the PC's life in your hand. So the death is on you. That was his thing at the end of that, you know. But anyway, that was his point of view. So I, you know, just to give a counterpoint, maybe. Okay. Have you played a game where you could not die? Not that, not a game that doesn't have death for like paranoia where it's like, well, there's death, but it doesn't really matter. But yeah. have you ever played a game where you're like, this GM is not going to kill me? No, but you have. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was boring. Yeah, super boring. Incredibly boring. So that's the thing. Do you need death to add that excitement or to be that final consequence where there's something on the line um yeah i mean that's that's the thing is where you know whenever um if there's no consequences for it it, it just exactly. it takes away from things um you're looking at i guess there's all these you know back and forth pros and cons caveats whatever uh but with the games where people you know can't die um I guess when you look at cons, uh, most players don't have a problem with, might not have a problem with a deathless approach. But I know me, I wouldn't accept it. And I, I like to think you probably wouldn't accept it. Or am I wrong? If here? you had a world with no death? Well, yeah, you can't, the characters can't die. One of the things I want to get into yeah. is for us to talk about some situations. Mm -hmm. And we will get, we will get there. Sure. But yeah, if there was no death, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. Unless it is a game where it's specifically, you know, like... You're in the high school simulator. You're going to fail this test. That's the equivalent of death in this. Oh, okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's your creative way of doing it. Yeah. But there's got to be something there. There's got to be that ultimate final fail. Yeah, Let, let's say you've got a gym that goes like, hey, you know, think of your, your favorite novels. Like Conan goes through some really tough situations. There's times when he falls off the cliff and you think he might have died. But, of course, somehow he survived. So they said, I want to run a game like that where basically, you know, 
it, when you fall down and you should probably be dead, no one said you're captured, but it sets you up for this great opportunity for daring escape or whatever. Um, you know, to, but you know, if, but if every time you fall off of a cliff, you know, you're going to get turned over and you're going to be alive or you're going to land on that truckload of cushions or whatever, yeah. then you're going to start throwing yourself off cliffs. Exactly. And you knew where I was going, but it it's just, almost like that whole for honor thing tied back into this. Yeah. Well, you just throw yourself off the cliff. Why not? Um, so, but that's when you're going to start seeing players, if they know the character can't die, um, they're not going to exercise caution um, or common sense. That's when they're going to like, I ride the nuclear bomb into battle because don't worry, the, comp, the, the, the narrative rule will protect me you know, from death. Um, but even with reasonable players, this method is a disaster for many, you know, for a lot of different games. Like in a horror game, part of the, the thing that makes it interesting in a horror game is fear, right? Part of fear is taking players' control away, you know, taking away a certain amount of their player agency, you know. Um, and he, even action-packed games would suffer as well because physical danger is no longer enough to make players care about a fight. Tell, For instance, let's say you're playing a game where your character won't die. If I say a dragon swoops in, and a D&D game, Pathfinder, there's going to be a pucker factor there. But if I said the dragon flies in, you're going to go, and you're going to give a great big yawn because – big deal you know you're going to survive through this narrative rule or whatever okay so then my question back to you is can there be any heroism if there is no death how can the players be heroic if they know there's no consequence they're not really risking anything it's like the fireman running into the burning building and he knows he's fireproof is he still a hero exactly um so if you don't have death in your games how are you allowing the players to risk something how are you letting them put their life on the line yeah and that's the thing is if and i was going to mention this in another point was basically it's like whenever you've had a player ever make that narrow escape from death man if it if you like the character i mean that gives you this surge of like oh hell yeah because you knew death is a consequence in this game you know and and so that ramps up the excitement if you're engaged with your character but on the other the other side of that and played devil's after the other side is yeah if that beloved character that you're so engaged with does die and it's a game where well sorry but there's no resurrection or, or whatever then yeah players are gonna you know let's place it we play role-playing games for fun and you might go my character dying isn't fun and there's some people that'll get up and leave the table or if it happens enough times they might and sometimes it can be disruptive to a campaign you know, when a character dies, you might be some story elements, some subplots, some threads that were being followed that were tied into that character. Well, oops. Yeah. They're know. gone. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. Absolutely. Well, that kind of works with, I always like to bring up the types of gamer, the four Bartell types, not Bartlett Bartell. <laughs> so you've probably heard this a million times. And I think it came off of uh, part of it came out of uh, magic, the gathering. Hmm. They were trying to kind of like market research too. Yeah. They were using some of that stuff. But anyway, for his, Four different types. You have the killers, the achievers, the explorers, and the socializers. Mm -hmm. So in those, classically, I would say I am an achiever in the fact that about the most important thing to me when I play a game is to survive. Mm -hmm. I don't care about who's got the most treasure. I'll take that magical sword if you give it to me. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that I get out of it, the thing that I like the most, is being able to go through that deadly dungeon and say, I freaking beat it. Okay, uh, another topic that I wanted to cover is death is a teaching tool. Oh, absolutely. If your party never surrenders, if your party never backs down from a fight, death's not a bad way to let them know you need a little strategy in your life. Mm-hmm. 
there are ways to deal with things without having to fight your way through. It's not, it doesn't always have to be a fight to the death. You're bringing this on yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, I can remember as a, a youngster running a D&D campaign where these guys had, had you know, done well and, and were getting levels and they were getting a little cocky. And then on a goof, because this is old school D&D to me, you might throw an encounter at them that's completely not even level appropriate, but the idea is you don't make it where like they have an option not to fight it. Kind of like a recent game session where we didn't have to go on this quest. There's no impetus. There's no drive. We chose to go on it, you know, hello. But anyway, uh, the next thing I wanted to uh, talk about was do PCs even notice the deaths anymore, which might be something more of just what I see in our group and my current experience. Death is fairly rare for us, mm -hmm. but do people, shed a tear anymore like back in the day mm. in your younger years and your younger games you'd be like oh no old scully died or something oh, like that oh, you'd be yeah. like i can't believe that character died oh, yeah. now you're like meh okay well that's because like you look for instance and at for instance fifth edition adventures league which we use as a tool and promoted D and in, in our local club and had fun with but let's face it like there was a thing like at any point before level four if you die like you're clan or tribe will free pony up for one free res so you know it's like you know like well i got that one res in my back pocket so meh, you know whatever and then after that if the table likes you well enough for the character they'll pony up and they can get you a res it just costs coins no big deal you know so as i was saying i don't think people care about it as much at least in our little group mm -hmm. you're just going to roll with it and roll up another character death where is thy sting yeah it's not that bad yeah that's a bad thing to me. Oh, no, I agree. That it just rolls off like water off of a duck's back. The death has no impact. Mm -hmm. The characters in the game don't really react to it. It's not like, oh, remember old Joe? He used to run with us and now he's gone. No, he's completely forgotten the moment he dies. The characters don't care. The players don't seem to care. Even the player of the character a lot of times doesn't seem like they're that attached. There's not that much role playing to the role playing. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's that's a whole other podcast. We could talk about how much anymore do you have some genuine, you know, uh, uh, role playing and subplotting and tying the adventure and story into people's characters and their backgrounds on stuff to where it breathes life into them and they seem more alive, you know, the verisimilitude or whatever. So yeah, I mean, people are just like, eh, it's just this little two dimensional cutout, you know, whatever it died. Some games in the past where hell beloved NPCs died and people were like, no. Yeah, you know, and that's, let alone a, that's a, a recent one that I'll bring up, fairly recent. One that I'll bring up to you is we had one of the NPCs died and you're like, oh, I'm sure you guys are broken up that so-and-so died. And it's like, who? Yeah. I, I don't remember that guy. Right. He was in every adventure, the first six like adventures. Yeah, so yeah. right there wow. you can appreciate how much yeah. everybody's getting into their role and how much death is actually affecting your world. Yeah. So, which is really kind of sad so, to me. Let's talk about, I know we've hashed this one a couple of times, so we'll probably make it brief, but what about insta deaths? Like we talked about the old school D and D. And to me, that's, I don't want to alienate anybody or piss anybody off. I have the utmost respect for Gary Gygax, but it's, I think kind of a Gygaxian thing to where like you did this thing and you died and it's like, I don't get a saving throw. Nope. You made a dumb decision. Did I, you know, sometimes, my take on insta-deaths is if they're deserved, if it's really, really obvious, mm -hmm. if there's a massive snake with some sort of venom dripping off of its teeth and the player says, I'm going to reach out and grab it. 
Oh, well, okay, yeah. if it freaking bites you and you die, that was enough of a warning. You you did do something stupid. But I don't get a saving, though, against the poison? Because for that, what is the difference if your character came to the table and said, hey, my character's going to jump off this cliff and start flapping their wings? Yeah. Do they get a save for that? Or are you going to be like, well, make a save. <laughs> no, you freaking died. The end. Good day, sir. You lose. Yeah. So I do think insta-death has its place. Mm-hmm. There and where it's like when it's the tricky one where it's like oh you pulled the lever on the left well yeah. we had to pull a lever to get out of here well you yeah. pulled the one on the left so that's the death lever yeah. okay that I don't like sure but I do think insta death has a place even in our modern Candyland adventures Candyland where would you get such a term sir now we'll go into some scenarios that's what I wanted to save till the Oops. end was talking about that Oops through the magic of editing. <laughs> They'll all be here. This will be a much shorter podcast. But let me go with this. Like we said right before the podcast, this popped into my head. When was the last time you killed a PC? Not when was the last time you killed a player, because I know about that. I helped you move the body. Yeah. When the was the last time you the killed their character? Um, I mean, and I know I've done it. I just, I, I don't remember it. it, you know. I've, no, I've killed plenty of characters. And how lethal would you have said your game is before you sat down? You would have said, I run a very lethal game, wouldn't you? No, or not at least no, not that you're one of those people which we can talk about that where it's the GM that's proud of their deaths oh, it's no, like no. oh tee hee hee I put another notch on my GM screen for yeah. another player I've the, killed I played at a con where a guy had skulls on his screen I'm like what are those for every TPK I've had and I'm like alright check please I'm leaving this table you're a DH yeah screw that noise as a GM you can yeah. kill a player you can play their character anytime you want you can kill a player once in a while you only get so many of those, though. But yeah. you can kill a character anytime you want. Yeah. There's no finesse or grace or whatever you want to say to that. Yeah. There's no big trick. Because you can always say rocks fall and you die. Yeah. So we, there's no reason to be a killer GM. Right. But I don't think there's any shame in your game either if they die. Yeah. I mean, I've felt some remorse for, like, I've had TPKs before. And I'd like to say, I just realized today, I've been playing some kind of role-playing game for 40 freaking years. And that time, I've only TPKed two or three wow. times. But anyway, but yeah, and I felt bad when I TPK. Because here's one thing is, let's give an example of kind of the, the, the bad side of that. Now, this is how many times you've TPKed or how many times you've GM'd and had somebody excuse, TPK? Excuse me. Yeah, to qualify, as a GM, games that I'm running where I've had a TPK, probably about three times that I can remember. Yeah. But we're talking about, like, I so there's that one Tuesday. Week. Yeah. Whenever the players came back with new players, they were like, well, what's our impetus to be on this quest? Yep. We, we don't even know about it. We weren't there at the beginning for all the, and all the backstory. And I'm like, ugh. So I mean, it's kind of a campaign killer of sorts. But then again, those players made some bad decisions. Well, I will go into a scenario right here then for you. In my world that we talked about, the one where it was like the Lost Lands or Lands of the Lost, blah, 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 jungle adventure. Land Beyond the Red Sun or whatever. There was a lot of character deaths through there because there was a party in there before you joined it. Mm-hmm. So, geez, I can't count how many deaths. So, so many deaths. And it was a hard, cruel world, kind of like Dark Sun. But you warned everybody it's brutal up front. But it was also a heroic world. You were supposed to be the heroes. I'm not going to tone it down for you. It's a lethal world. I am rooting for you. I want you to get to the end. And I have a lot of things tied into your character, too, where you're like, I'm invested in this character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. You don't know all the little plot lines and things that are supposed to happen to your character that I was going to put in here. So Mm -hmm. I've put in time to it. I don't want to kill your character. Mm 
but I will kill your character or I will allow you to make that dumb decision that kills your character without giving it plot armor mm-hmm. because that's the way it goes. Yeah. There has to be some risk in this for you to be heroic. Yeah. So yeah, we had a lot of deaths. It's kind of like, you're supposed to be the chosen hero. How many iterations of that before you can go to as the GM before you're like, yeah, okay. And that's kind of where that world went to, where I was like, I need to walk away for a bit. Yeah, and I'll give you some insight in that at one point I had the opportunity, like, how would you like your character you've been playing for a while and has survived all this nonsense? He has an opportunity to be like the, um, the captain of the guard in mm-hmm. the town. And I went, oh, I left on it. And you're like, why? And I said, because then at least then. He survives. He survives. Like, even if you know my next character dies and the next one, it's like, that one will survive, you know. And, hey, he's the captain of the guard now. And so that was, I won't lie, that was kind of my, uh, that was my modus operandi. That was my thought process was, whew. But, yeah, because, I mean, even with Eagle Eye, he's lost at sea in that world. So mm-hmm. he's not necessarily dead, but he's lost at sea or something. And then the one guy is captain of the guard. It seemed like there was another character, and I can't even remember now. Because it's about the time we were like, eh, let's take a break. But anyway, but it was a fun campaign. It was a great world. It's a lot of had good times. And there's a, a neat, our retired characters got involved in backstories and plots mm-hmm. and subplots and schemes. And it was really, it was safe free. And you guys were being visited by characters from the previous party. Exactly, yeah. And Like Batman. Yeah, one thing that I liked that I, it probably might not be the most original thing, but it was, it's pretty original in my experience, mm-hmm. was just like everything that the previous party screwed up, uh-huh. you're current characters had to deal with yeah i liked it at one point you that let, was a consequence you were like hey guess what just so you know the the thing y'all have been dealing with that's been stymieing y'all for the last five sessions is y'all cleaning up a mess that the previous player group had totally screwed something up and i'm like wow that makes me hate them <laughs> yeah you guys didn't know because it was all predicated off of a lie from the previous party yeah. that they said oh yeah you have to go here to take care of that which wasn't true and that they were involved in making the mess and yeah. if they'd come clean mm-hmm. you guys could have been straight to the source boom 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 taking care mm-hmm. of it but i like that because there's that that adds that those layers the verisimilitude whatever yeah but we're, we're going off track but. yeah thanks to death yeah thanks to player deaths yeah. character deaths yeah uh another one you'll love this one because mm-hmm. this is one of the ones that i wanted to talk about when we talked about death and i think we've briefly mentioned it on the podcast before mm-hmm. because we briefly mentioned everything yeah there was that one that you were running where I taunted you. I taunted you. I begged you to kill us. I dared you to kill us. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a fun game? I enjoyed it. I know you remember because it's one oh. that we talk about a lot. Oh, I remember for sure. But I remember exactly other than just being a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Which you are so often. <laughs> do you know what my motivation was for doing that? Um, oh, I should know this, but... Uh, if there is no death in the game, because mm-hmm. that wasn't my character telling the, what was it? Hobgoblins, kobolds, kobolds. whatever kobolds. had the drop on us. It was kobolds. It was, it wasn't my character telling the, the enemy, you should kill us or you're a pansy. That was me, the player telling the GM, you've got to, there's got to be, there's yeah. got to be consequences to this mm-hmm. or why are we even playing? And, I, and I'll tell you this, dear listener, it was funny was we had, a, well, this the, is the part you like. Yeah. We had a lady player and I, I love her to Leeler. death. Yeah, and just she's awesome. But anyway, her cleric, 
is over here, whips around looking at him. He's like, what are you, shut up. Would you shut up? Don't taunt him. And about this time, she got so hot, she had to go to the bathroom and compose herself for a minute because she was so pissed at him for taunting me. Because I was like, I'll kill you, Holmes. It's, I'm the GM. I snap my fingers right while you're dead. I mean, but anyway. But that then, was our predator moment. Yeah. Kill me. Do it now. Kill yeah. me now. But it, hilarious enough, I, I I put my thumb on it. And I was like, come on, man. I was like, make a, a charisma check, you know, a persuasion. You're like, that's not my character's thing. It's not his bag. But any character in fifth edition, that's the great part about fifth is anybody can do anything. Clunks out a 17 persuasion check. They were like, and in, they had done some damage to the other parties, some pretty significant damage, but I had hurt their side pretty well too. It was a Mexican standoff. They were, they were, while they were considering, they hesitated and it was part of the adventure. It wasn't me saving the day. This planned flood comes through. And anyway, the, the flood separates the two groups. So they picked up their casualties and went their separate ways. It was in a sewer. But anyway. So that's one of the stories I yeah, love to tell yeah. about death, and Matt yeah. likes to tell about Leela getting mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> that redhead was hot. <laughs> but, that, I mean, this should go to prove my point yeah. that I'm not a GM that's like, I'm going to kill all your characters. I want that same thing put Tip back on me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, Keep like it I fair said, and honest. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't impose anything on somebody that I would impose on myself. Yeah. And if you want to talk about the value of death, and welcome to the let me tell you about my character portion of the show. Yeah is another one of our games that we played that you'll remember oh so well, where all of us had been knocked down in the Scales of War 4th edition. Mm-hmm. And that was it. She, oh, yeah. What was it? The, the Naga queen. Naga, yeah. yeah. She was, was just going through and kind of crushing us all. And yeah. Just, you know, completely wiping us out. Mm-hmm. And then we made that one save to stand up and get one last hit. Mm-hmm. If there hadn't been the threat of death and TPK in that situation, oh, yeah. would we even be talking about that anymore? Exactly. That's, and that's one of the more memorable moments, for, let's face it, from Scales of War. So without death in your game, where do you get that kind of excitement? Crits are not as critical no. success. The highs are not as high and the lows are not as low. Yeah. And there are people that would argue against it, but I mean... And those and, people are wrong. <laughs> but Leave but, us a comment. Yeah. But definitely, I know I would cut my teeth, you know, back on first edition and box sets and whatnot. And, um, and I'm, I won't lie, as kids, we didn't even use resurrection. Like, if you died, you were dead. My players were so careful. Like, after the time, it's funny, like talking about an example, Cody, when he first joined us, was your we'll typical talk about Cody. Yeah, happy go lucky player. We'll talk about him. But after you smoked us in uh, Death Frost Doom. He he had he was so puckered for like six months after that. He's like, I won't touch it. I won't go near it. Let's run the other way. <laughs> he he went death, too far in the other direction. Death is a teaching tool. Yeah, but apparently that lesson has worn off. Yeah, maybe it's time to bring out the bad again. Yeah, because when we're talking about death, yeah. one of the worst deaths is if your computer dies. <laughs> and if your computer dies, do you know where to go? You go to the Longview Computer Center. There you go. They'll this, fix up your computer like it never happened. And they'll centralize it. Anywhere you want. That's right. Completely centralized. Absolutely. And since we're talking about the fine proprietor, mm-hmm. let's talk about our most recent dun, dun, uh, dun. adventure here in the in Mike Evans, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth game that we've been playing. Yeah. Having a lot of fun with. I guess just to add this in, I've got a lot of TPKs under my belt. Oh, sure. And I'm not bragging about it because, like I said, anybody <laughs> can do it. Dick. 
but I run a bunch of stuff with that. Like I'll run the limitations module where it's like, Teehee, you're not going to survive. Oh yeah. Or, you know, something like death house. Yeah. You're, if you play dumb, you're not going to make it. Oh yeah. But that's what I like. That's, it's kind of like you run what you would like to play. Sure. So that's what I want. I want that challenge to survive. So anyway, it's not a campaign. That's a one-off. I'm going to quantify death house. It could easily be because I've run, it could, it could I've run Ravenloft campaign. campaigns. Uh, sure, yeah. But again, what's the, if you're playing Ravenloft, you kind of have to know it's going to be dark, harsh, you know. So there you go. I mean, and I'm just saying for yeah. me to say I have a decent kill count is because of the stuff that I run. Yeah. Not that I'm gleeful. Well, I kind of am gleefully, but. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I can, I can whet my appetite for player kills. I can run a funnel in DCC. And that I get my jollies, but then outside of a funnel, I'm not like I can't wait to kill someone's character. I'm all I, like you said, I'm rooting for the character. Exactly, I really am. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. our most recent session. Yes. Way back when, our patient Cody was a normal, average gamer, <laughs> and then we applied the stick treatment, uh, and he decided I'm not touching anything anymore. Yeah. But I'm now. Kidding. He's way back over on the other side where he's touching everything. He's got to touch it, taste it, pick it up, hold it, roll As we like to it. say, the monkey trap, yeah. he's the ultimate monkey right now. Absolutely. He's the Absolutely. monkey king. Yeah, he is. You know, and but the thing is, I won't lie. For the other players, it can be annoying. But for me, the game master, Teehee, you want someone to touch the lever to, you know, to be the monkey. So it's, it's Which fun I would for agree. me. Being know. a player in that game. It's annoying, <laughs> but if I was GMing it, you'd eat it up oh, with a yeah. spoon. Yeah. If nobody ever touches your monkey traps, it's yeah, really they, sad. Yeah. Like when you play with old hands like us, there's things that they start to describe it. Me and Eddie will be playing a con or something. We'll both look at each other, and it's just the unspoken, like, "Yep, nope. monkey trap. Yep, not going we, We're not touching that." And you, and you can see the old seasoned hands that'll just they'll be like, "Nope, we give that glowing jewel a wide berth." But there's that one guy who'll be like, "I'm gonna touch it." And that's when the GM has to dab that little bit of saliva from the corner of their mouth like oh yeah touch it you know and then boom so tell us barbarians of the ruined earth mm -hmm. take us back the hilarious thing is at one point one player says we're going to get the thing and when we do the first thing i'm going to do is slap it on my head without any research without analyzing it you know without taking a good look at it yeah with anything just and he lets you lets everybody know you better believe I'm going to grab this thing and slap it on my head. The Which second. goes back to my point. Yeah. Like, okay, if there's a big black snake there and it's got the venom dripping out of its fangs, mm -hmm. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. So there's this magical item. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to research it. I'm not going to do this or that. I'm just to throwing it on my head. Curses. Yeah. So anyway, Continue. so needless to say, at one point they devise a plan after getting driven off by the kill bots that were defending the helmet. Dart in, get the helmet, and run out with it. So, anyway, the one player, as he promised, slaps the helmet on, and pretty much, other than some extremely lucky dice rolls, that helmet should have killed him when he put it on. But he had some exceptionally lucky dice rolls, and still, it nearly killed him when it put these these electrode pin things inserted into his brain, and it locked the helmet on and to connect with his brain or whatever is the premise there. So it, it, there was some party friction, definitely, over the helmet and whatnot. Absolutely. So anyway. Just another one that we've talked about a million times, that uh, when I was playing Mythos, mm -hmm. where it took like two days to make characters, yeah. and I was like, there's no way I'm going to die. He's never The GM was rolling up the characters, so I was like, he's not going to roll me up another character. And it's another that another show for another time is kind of like, 
ablative armor and getting into all that. Like, mm -hmm. first I've got to hit you, and then I've got to get through your armor, and then this, and then that. And the value of that's a show for another time, well, but... Especially for a game system where it takes three to four hours to make a character, sheesh. Yeah, there was no way that I was going to die, and that made the game extremely boring. Mm -hmm. So with no death, there's no challenge, at least as that one was set up where death was supposed to be a challenge. And, and tell on yourself, realizing that you couldn't die. Oh, I went buck wild. Yeah, you did just high flying. I did whatever. Crazy, yeah. There was a party of orcs coming towards us, and I just said, hey, what's up, and kept walking. Then they attacked me as I was walking through it. I didn't defend myself. I didn't take defensive actions. I continued walking. They could not hit me. And then if they had hit me, they would not have been able to generate enough damage to get through my ablative armor. So it was like, so what? And the only thing I had to worry about was the party. And even then... It's the party themselves. Yeah. And then even after all that, doesn't the game have joss points where, you know, oh, well, yeah. it, it gets through your armor. And did it, well, I'll use a joss point to negate. Kind of like look, in a yeah. way. So it but, made for anticlimactic game. Yeah. And going to the opposite side of that, if you can't die, who cares? And on the flip side of that, if you can die and keep coming back, this is where we get into the Gonzo DCC funnel convention yeah. game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, let's burn out all the luck points. Let me go lick the light socket. Yeah. I can do whatever I want because I am functionally immortal. Yeah. My character may die, but I'll, bring, I'll be reincarnated as a new one immediately after that. Yeah. And that's where that gets just so dull and boring to me, too, to just throw away character sheets like that. Yeah. Just burning through them. Oh, yeah. And that's like you say, people just kind of heedlessly throw themselves at things or do. Yeah. Hide stuff. behind the pile of dead bards. Yeah. It's like, geez, do you have any idea how many corpses would be here right now? Yeah. And how big of a party we would have had to start with? That's where even I kind of got to where I would limit it on that. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you're going to get a new character, but it's going to be like, hey, once you burn through 10 characters mm -hmm. for the whole adventure, that's it. You're done. And I've seen some where you you, you get the four up. Like, you, get, yeah. you got your four. When that fourth one's done, eh, you know. And I even like the way they've written some of the DCC adventures where you can keep going to stack, and then you get to that one point where, like, nah, at this point, there's not that you will to draw from. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I did um, my tournament fun mod uh, bloodbath at Allsville, you can keep going back in the stack. People wander up out of the sewer or wherever, or out of the burning building to to replace that fallen character. But when you get to the point where, oh, you're going into the arena of doom or whatever, the dome of doom, that's it, baby. You know, you're, you know, no, there's no more. This is it. You're on your last character. So, yeah, I mean, anyway. So, you got any more examples you would like to talk about? No. I mean, you know, I think we. Did we beat a dead horse? Absolutely. So the moral for today, dear listener, is put a little death in your game. Try it out. If you yeah. haven't got to kill one of your PCs lately, drop the hammer on them. Take them <laughs> out. Take one out. You know that one guy that's always back there doing goofy stuff? There Just hit him. Get it done. There you go. Put that insta-death in there and call it a day. <laughs> well, maybe not, but... Yeah. do think about how death has value in your world, in your campaign, mm -hmm. and how can you be heroic without death as a challenge to be overcome? Yeah, there has to be risks and consequences. And maybe for a lot of people, death needs to be a consequence. Indeed. Even for podcasts. Because I can see by the clock on the wall that we're all out of hit points like a zero-level character. I can't take a breath without seeing Mr. Death.